A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. An Erio's original. I'm Leslie Arfin, and this is my show, Filling the Void, a show where I get to know my friends better by talking to them about the things that bring them pure joy, also known as their hobbies. Today, we're talking to my good friend, Kristen Bell, whom you probably know as an actor, but I bet you didn't know that she's also an amateur sculptor and a puzzle enthusiast. I wanted to talk to you because I know you have many interests and many hobbies and are just curious about things in general. But the last time we hung out, we were just crafting just a general craft table of crafts, but it was specific. Mm -hmm. There was clay on the table. Yeah. There was a foam clay. There was foam clay. What kind of clay is that again? You know, I actually have been searching for the right kind because I've worked with a couple different consistencies, but it's basically the children's clay. It's like a foamy... I know, like... It's not polymer. No, it's not, like... And it's not Play-Doh. It is not. It, there's it's a air. foam, airy aspect to it, but it dries. You don't have to bake it. Right. And my girls were making it when they were little. Somebody had gotten them a package of it, and I got my hands in it, and whoa, did I feel electric. I just find so much peace getting into my kids' craft closet, mm-hmm. and the clay is my number one thing that I go for. So you make these little figurines. Is that what you first started out with? I knew immediately that I wanted to make people. And the reason I like to make people is I think because I like seeing someone that I love and having the internal challenge because I like being competitive. And in this way, I can be competitive with the clay. There's like that Mm. added fun benefit challenge. I'm competitive with the clay of like, can I make this look like Leslie? Can I make... So I've made... Um, Dax and Monica and Wabi Rob from their podcast. I've made them all in little figures. I've made my dad. I've made my dogs. I've made Leslie. Um, I like making little, like, sometimes they vary in shape from like six inches to eight inches and I make full people and I try to put the details on like when, you know, Monica wears a lot of Birkenstocks and so I put the Birkenstock (laughs) buckles on and when you were over, God, what took me an agonizing amount of time was the stripes on your sweater. I was wearing a black and white striped shirt and Kristen made the shirt and my arms folded. Yeah. Which... I, that's how I was sitting, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize. I was like, and you had like myself. wide leg pants yes, on. I, uh-huh, I remember <laughs> I was taking stock of it, and I love making the details in the outfits on people that for some reason. So that's what fun. interests me a lot. Interesting that yes, the outfit details more so than the face. Face is hard. Outfits maybe more fun. I don't know. 
Face I take a lot more time with because I like, it doesn't have to look exactly, it's more of like a caricature. Right. Like my work in this kind of clay is a caricature of what I'm seeing about you at that given moment. So like I've made a couple of Dax and sometimes he's looked happy and sometimes he's looked <laughs> grumpy. And yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it because it's whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And I like that that's my directive. I like to make what I see. I always have like when I draw, my girls and I draw a lot. I love drawing and like all of my notebooks of drawing is is filled with like I'll just draw a picture of this room because I just want to um I don't know take what I see and regurgitate it I'm mm-hmm. not like I'm gonna build this crazy seven-headed monster that I think you know right could be in Lord of the Rings or something I don't I guess if I'm being honest I don't trust my creativity enough I understand how you feel. I mean, I consider myself a very creative person. I don't write sci-fi fantasy because creatively, that's not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean I'm not creative. And same with you. I don't think the the topic of what you're making is as important as the process in which you're using to make it. That's a good point. And I also feel it's probably that. And also there's a challenge involved in what I'm doing because I'm going, can I draw this room with all these angles. Like I'm looking at this dresser right here and I'm saying like, okay, this dresser, look, if you look at it head on is a rectangle. But if you look at it where I'm looking at it, it's not at all a rectangle. And I have to figure out how to draw those angles in order to represent the side view of a dresser. Exactly. And when I'm sculpting you, I'm like, let's see how much I can make this look like Leslie. So I guess then it could be just interest level, but I also think it's ego in that I think it'll be more relevant when I'm finished with it. Because I do like people to look, my family, I like my family to look at what I, like when I'm done, I'm just like one of my kids to Dax. Look what I made. That's so cute. And I don't like using that word, but for lack of a better word, because you were like, you can have it. And I was like, no, I want you for my ego. I was like, I want you to have this sculpture of me. So that other people will see that you made me and that I was important enough for you for, to have been made. I mean, see, this is getting so deep because the reality of creating is that right? Because my goal when I gave it to you was the exact same. I wanted you to be like, look at this silly little thing Kristen made and set it right up there on top of the mirror. And every time you walked by it and happened to notice it, you would be reminded that I love you. Totally. I would think of you. Yeah. And then I wanted you to think of me. It's really sick. Shit, I got to make a second one. We're fucked. So we can both get what we want. Back to the clay though. So you started playing with your kids clay and then you were like, I love this. Did they love it as much as you? Mm Mm-mm. And you bought more for yourself. Bingo. And do you use any other special tools? Yes. Talk to me about them. Okay, the special tools actually come in the box. Again, we're talking about a kid's set. There are basically like, I think they would probably come in a Play-Doh box as well. They're like little plastic knives and little plastic... They look a bit like spoons if they were misshapen a little bit, but it's to be able to smooth and edge out the shapes. Mm -hmm. So like... I've gotten some styrofoam. Ooh, oh my God. And I bought a styrofoam cutter because what I was noticing was the clay is so malleable and so foamy that when I try to shape the nose, I dent the whole damn head. Okay. Okay. So what I'm going to, what I'm doing now, and I just made my first one and I don't think it's right. So I got to go back to the drawing board. I got a styrofoam cutter and a bunch of different styles of styrofoam from like Michael's. And I'm going to put a ball and and maybe try to carve it with a styrofoam cutter into the shape of a skull. 
first so that I can have the bones. Oh my God. And then shape. This is my big, this is my big plan that I'll be done with. Check in with me in like 2028 and I'll probably have made my first one or two. I don't, I, I, you're being modest. You don't have to do that here. Okay. No, but I am, but I'm being honest, not modest, honest about my procrastination and my ability to have massive ideas in my head and a, a, a pretty sweet sense of um, not following through. Time-wise? Yeah. Do you carve out a time for yourself how often to do this? Daily? Uh, mm, I wouldn't say daily, but it's pretty close to daily. It's four Mm -hmm. or five times a week, and it's not always clay. I have found, as an adult, and I've only really speak of myself as an adult over the last like three years that I've started to understand who I am as an adult, I like things that don't have stakes for anyone but me. Right. It that's, is really, that's what we are here. It's that's, really mm-hmm. soothing and important because I have a complete external locus of control, which is not really the most comfortable way to move through the world. And I'm trying to give my kids an internal locus of control. It's like what pushes you, what guides you? Is it the external forces or the internal forces? And in some children's book I read, they called it the locus of control. Anyway... There's so many like deadlines and judgments and in auditions or submitting scripts, there's someone else is always deciding whether or not it's good. And I want to be that person. So what I've been doing lately, and this is probably four or five days a week, our deal in the morning when Dax isn't like out of town or something is I get up with the kids at seven, get them ready and deal with the whole circus till eight. And then he drives them to school. So I don't have to try to be in clothes or anything. Yes. So the second they go to school, I fill my tea up and I sit down at the table and I either draw or usually it's been doing a puzzle because I find puzzles to be the oh same I soothing activity. Everything you're saying right now, process wise, time of day, I'm exactly the same way. I'm not a morning person. I get that. I get her dressed. Paul takes her to school. I have coffee, not tea. And I have to do something creative with low stakes. I have to do one of my hobbies. I have many, but most of them are hands art related. Like what? Well, lately I've been tie-dyeing. Ooh. But like I start soft and I go from zero to 100 really fast. So I've been trying like ice dyeing and, and different techniques and bleach and reverse tie-dyeing and it's really fun but it's either that lately or like decoupage I make boxes I'll I'll make one for you they're not this ain't your mama's decoupage okay I love it already (laughs) but anyway that's my meditation right even though it's not meditation it is I don't really think and I have to move my I get to move my hands and there's no stakes involved. And I love that you do that, too, because you do have live a life of high stakes. I just want to be in the position of saying I want to say if it's good or not. Right. And I also think as I'm hearing us talk, my maternal instinct is telling me to say out loud, we don't have to justify why we like this activity in that it's not meditation just because meditation's all the rage. Totally. We can just say this makes me feel good. Like we've been watching Alone with the girls lately. Couldn't recommend it more. Wait, what's Alone? Oh my God. It's on the History Channel. Now they split it up between Netflix and Hulu. It is um, like 10 contestants, survivalists, real survivalists, people that can like do everything outside and they're allowed to bring a certain number of items to an area usually in Alaska 
and they wait it out. They have to like harvest their own food. They have to build their own shelter. And the first couple weeks you're watching them like lose weight and try to get food. And then the last like six weeks, because some people are on it for like 80, 90 days, you're just watching them mentally devolve. You just watch them go nuts. And it's very, very interesting. But the part that I love with watching with my kids is that you build the shelters. You're building everything yourself. You're taking things from like Mother Earth and making what you need. And I've noticed that when we were on our road trip this summer, like Lincoln would go outside, my oldest, my nine-year-old, would go outside the motorhome and she would find a bunch of sticks and she would like build an A-frame house. Oh my God. Because we saw that on alone. And lately my craft interests have been building, which I've never, I don't understand weight distribution. I I don't understand geometry. There's a lot of things that I don't, I'm not qualified to do when I'm building, but like they were ripping up some cement in our yard. And yesterday I said to Lincoln, what if we took some of those slabs of cement? First of all, already stop. Kristen, (laughs) you're not taking slabs of cement anywhere. You are. Well, they were, they were only about, I don't know, they were like 24 by 10 or 18 by nine or something. They were like liftable, but in a very power lifting way. I said, what if we could create some steps to the second level to your little tree house? And of course we tried it. And of course it didn't work, but we tried it is the point because we thought let's use the earth to make something crafty. And lately I've been really interested in that. Like I've thought, yes. could I take some of this like old wood? Because again, yes. our, we're under construction. Could I try to build a treehouse? Yes, you can. Because let me tell you something. This is a whole other topic, but I love building things too. And I want to build a dollhouse and I'm going to build it. I don't know shit about weight distribution either, but I have a drill and motherfucker. So can you. And I, this is, I just wrote an article about this for New York Mag. Listeners, if you haven't read it, you should, because I didn't think I was like allowed to do this stuff because I didn't know how to do it. Like, P.S., I don't know how to do anything, but you just learn by doing it and failing and then not stopping. That's so true. And every girl or anyone who identifies as a girl who's listening to this, I want them to hear that because I have stood at my wall and wanted a picture hung so badly and just been completely paralyzed as to where to start and I it it was this feeling of like incapability I couldn't Mm -hmm. do it because Mm -hmm. it wasn't for me and then I finally was like fucking a Kristen just put a nail in the wall if it falls it falls if it makes a hole you can patch it exactly and recently stuff for that exactly (laughs) and it's I think it's because I'm seeing my kids experiment because again my husband has been so good at like When they were little, he taught them how to change a tire. He taught them how to jack the car up because he's always doing like car tool stuff. Right. And I have like so many videos of him outside being like, this is a lug nut. This is the wrench. This is the whatever. And I'm handing him tools. And I'm like, oh, they're going to be so capable. So now when they want to build something like, granted, the structure isn't great and the weight distribution isn't great because they don't understand that kind of stuff yet, but they try it. And my like the pause I give myself every time I want to do a household task that seems like a boy should do it. I'm over that. Everything you're saying to me, I'm hearing and I relate to as like a personal triumph with or without getting the the applause of somebody else. It's like the applause that comes from inside from like, I didn't know how to do this, but I like trying. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. With the tie-dyeing, they're mostly fails, but I love making the mistakes because I love figuring out what I did wrong and, and trying again. I think I'm very much there with you. I think my one... I get a little bit whiskey throttle with all of it. What's that mean? It means when you're on your motorcycle and you rev it too much and you go over the handlebars. You knew I wasn't going to know what that meant. I know, but I also <laughs> knew I was going to sound super cool when I said yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Wait, I'm a, say it again. You rev it too much. And, and then you go over the handlebars. Oh my God. Like your front. So like you, scary. Yeah, you go over, so, so whiskey scary. throttle. When you, when you push it, when you really put your foot in the oven or your hand on a motorcycle. So I, in my head... Like my brain goes, I want to build a house. I want to build a structure. That is something that is that is like my childish self where I have to have like two personalities and the mom person has to go, Kristen, why don't you try to build a dollhouse first and understand weight distribution? I think that mom voice is your ego telling you no. I just have a habit of getting in over my head and mm-hmm. creating something in my brain that looks so awesome to accomplish. And then I'm just, it's too much. So I have to really remind myself, start small, start learn the small. Steps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying yes, forget a dollhouse. You're going to, you're going to build a real house today. Like, no, I'm realistic too. And I don't like being intimidated to prove anything. Mm. I want to enjoy the process, but like, Oh, the other question I was going to ask you before is what, is a styrofoam cutter. And where do you get it? Michael's. Have you been to Moscatel's? Moscatel's I've never even heard of. What is it? Okay. So for anybody who lives in LA, I'm going to share something with you. Some people say Moscatel's. Some people say Moscatel's. I'm from the East Coast, so I say Moss. Moscatel's is downtown. It is a giant, independently owned craft store. They have... Everything you could ever think of and more. It could be very overwhelming for some. For me, it's heaven, especially when I have no time constraints because I have ADHD. I can get very lost in a store like that and end up like leaving with like a plate and like a headband and not knowing where I am. <laughs> I, need, I need to have a full meal. So you got it at Michael's. Yeah, and it's just like this little sort of like knife cutter and you can get the styrofoam in... I got some circles, like some little, like, they look like ping pong balls. To, okay, to, is it like an X-Acto knife? Sort of, yeah. And you can okay. shape it however you want. So I could make 
Um, and I've only worked with the heads so far. I haven't done like a, a torso, but my goal would be like to make a styrofoam torso and then be able to wrap my clay around it so that when I picked it up, if I was making a detail on the shirt, I wasn't at risk of like smushing the person's like interiors, you know? Totally. This is where I love a craft. Now, not everybody is like me. I know all of the art supply stores because I love a purchase, right? Mm -hmm. This is a major problem for me. I'm working on it, but I love gear and I love accoutrement that comes with anything I'm working on. Mm -hmm. You say you do like the gear. You do like the accoutrement. We were talking about your time of day Mm -hmm. to to do puzzles and craft whatever you do. You have your tea. Mm-hmm. What else is happening? I want to picture this. Is it music, podcast? No, no, I love silence. There's okay. so much noise in my head at mm-hmm. all times. I live for silence, live for it. So the second my kids and my husband leave, go to school, I am just trying to soak in as much silence as possible. I don't want music on. I don't want anything. And I've been doing... Um, the Bentley of puzzles called Liberty. Do you know this brand? No, but uh, puzzles um, intimidate me. I can understand that. My brain l- eats them alive. And Liberty puzzles are small company. I think they're manufactured in like Pennsylvania. They are thick, like about half inch thick laser cut wood. And they are, a lot of the pieces are in different shapes. So if you, you're you looking at a picture and it's like the scene of this room, but if I were to turn one of the pieces over, you'd see a little woman sipping tea or you'd see a fox running. And so you can, it's, I think it's utilizing two parts of my brain at the same time, which I really like scratching together, which is I'm looking at the colors of the puzzle, which is how you kind of put a puzzle together. But I'm also looking at the shapes and how they connect. Because if you turn them over, they're all these like amazing, beautiful shapes and they feel really good in your hands. And they're like expensive. They're not cheap. They're like 80 bucks or something. And Dax's uncle and his cousin both love doing these. So we found out we shared this interest when they came in town for Christmas one time. And now we have like a rotating puzzle club that I'll do a Liberty puzzle and then I'll send it to Uncle Larry and then he'll send it to Justin and Justin will send it back to me. Like we kind of try to trade off. So when you are, how long does it take you to complete a puzzle? I could do the whole thing in probably three or three or four hours, I'd say. Wow. But I, I do it over the span of like four days. So I'll do, no, I guess probably three hours because I'll, I'll work on it for like 30 minutes each morning and I'll have it done in four days. And so that's so, two hours. I don't do math, guys. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known. I just didn't know if it was like two hours or two weeks. Now I know. It depends. This is what I like about puzzles. Right. And creating something that's just for yourself because insert what your brain likes here, whether it's drawing or building or tie-dyeing or puzzling, you choose when to pick it up and put it down. Correct. And that's completely up to you how much you finish that day. And it's completely up to you whether you just do half of it and then put it back in the box. Like you're in charge. That's what I love about it. When you say that you then send it to Dax's uncle, you don't keep them together. Like you finish the puzzle and then you mess it back up again. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then some people like frame them and glue them. Yeah, but uh, my my walls would be covered in puzzles if I did that. Because okay, I'm always that's doing a puzzle. Not mad at that aesthetic, but I have a continue. puzzle board. <laughs> I have like a, a a big. It looks like a poster board, right? Um, but it's really hard, like thick. It feels like kind of the weight of plywood, but it's not. It doesn't give you splinters, and it 
is I can carry it around the house. So if I'm doing it at the dining room table and then we want to have dinner, I can move it over to the coffee table. Okay, this table. is something I need because Paul starts, he loves puzzles too. He starts them and then they're on the dining room table though for too long. And I'm like, I need you to move this. Consider it fixed. Okay. Do you have an outfit you wear when you do any of these hobbies? You might not. Okay. You're now connecting some thoughts in my brain that I haven't before. So I do love to eventize with an outfit. Right. Like my family is very into Formula One when we watch it on the weekends, like the Italian one is coming up and Mm -hmm. the Italian Grand Prix. So we're I'm going to obviously like make some breakfast pizzas. I put up the Italian flag (laughs) like when it's in France, we do we order croissants in the morning because it airs really early here, like eventizing things and also with an outfit and props is very important to me. So sometimes I will, like I also even find out I will work out. It's more likely that I will work out if I'm like head to toe eventizing it and I've got like a cute set on. Look, we, I love getting into character. You have to. I, but I to don't, me, it, it motivates me. But I don't do it. I have never done it with my hobbies and I actually wonder if that will create a cool, helpful structure in my brain of like, this is your time. Your smock is on. You can go outside and cut wood. You can stay in here and do clay. You can do your puzzle, but this is your time. I, I have, oh, you're going to have a cutting like wood that. outfit and we're going to discuss it at another time because you actually do need like you need gloves. Right. And you need like, that's another conversation. If we need to do a part two of this, we will. We might need to because I have, I wore gloves the other day when I was working outside and I was replanting our tomato plants, which I have since killed. Um, but I was wearing Dex's motorcycle gloves Mm-mm. and that did not go over well. No, we're going to get you the right And I was size. like, I'll wash them. And he's like, just like, they're not, that's not what they're for. And also your hobby outfit might just be like your comfiest house pants and that's great too I love the idea of creating a hobby outfit another question I have for you is is there a hobby that you I kind of like idealize that you wish you could have this as a hobby but it's just not who you are like do you need an if you need an example I can give you one give me one example I wish that I could play guitar and I wish that learning how to play guitar was something that I was interested in the process of, of learning. But for me, it's just not, I just don't have it. Mm -hmm. It's just not there for me. Not really. I mean, I, I do have a piano in my house and I plunk at it when I'm learning music and it's very helpful, but I played piano as a kid and I have yet to set aside the time or have the drive to really start to play piano again. And I'm wondering now if I ever will. And it's sort of like I'm dealing with that disappointment in my brain of like, do it. You want to do it so bad. Why don't you do it? I'm trying to figure out what the why is. Sometimes it's just not, it's just not for us at at that moment. Mm -hmm. Like I would love to be the person who like sits down and is like, and like tickling the ivories. Like, Oh my God, Leslie can play piano. Uh Who knew she's good. Like (laughs) anywhere I go, you know, dare to dream. But like, I think that if I really wanted to do something, I would do it. I think I know what it is Talk now. to me. The one that I know I'll never accomplish, not the one that I think I might get there for. My whole family rides motorcycles. Right. I want so badly to get on one of the motorcycles because Dax takes the girls on motorcycle rides three times a week in the evening. Mm-hmm. It is the cutest thing that I could imagine from the father of my children. Girls suit up, we're going, and they ride through the little streets, and it's so sweet. I want desperately to be a part of it. 
and I don't have any interest in getting on the back of a machine. I mm. barely have interest in driving my car. Barely. And I'm serious <laughs> totally. about that. And only it's because it. I need to get to another location. But that is where my interest in my car ends. Right. And I want to learn about the gears and how to shift. I want I want to be someone who says they know how to drive stick shift. And then I look at people doing it and I'm like, right. I, I, I know for a fact I'm never going to go down that road. And so... When we're on, we go on a lot of camping trips and motorhome trips where the goal is to ride. It's to go to the sand dunes. It's to ride some track. I do snacks. People need (laughs) snacks. And I feel ultimately fulfilled. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm a part of whatever my family is doing. But I don't have to risk my, what I know will be imbalance and inability on the back of a motorcycle. Right. I love that. That's a great answer. It's just not for you. And when Dax was on this podcast and we talked about how he's such a gearhead and like he loves cars and motorcycles and all things with wheels. And it's because that's how his brain works. His brain, he explains what a piston does to me weekly. He, (laughs) the girls know how a motor works and I forget the second he says it, I forget. Right. Because I don't, I want to care. I don't care. My molecules yes. do not care about that. It yes. is not what my passion is. It's not why I'm here. And my girls know how an engine works. They've rebuilt them with him. They've changed tires. I do know how to change a tire, I will say. But I don't. I wish I did. It's way easier than you think. Okay. But I, um, yeah, his brain works like that. My brain works with clay and puzzles, and yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it too. And I really, there's a care, a care factor that you mentioned that is absolutely correct. I could learn technically how to play guitar. I don't care about the notes and the finger movements and I just don't care enough. You know what filling the void means. Tell me what you think it means. I think filling the void has a lot to do with looking in the mirror I think we feel a void when we focus too much on the outside world, what it needs from us, and we're not taking the time to sit solely with ourselves and say, what soothes me? Maybe it's like, do you know what soothes my littlest girl is putting her stuffies in water. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it can be anything. It can be organizing the junk drawer. It can be painting. It can be, it doesn't have to be one of these hobbies. It could be the weirdest hobby you could ever yeah. think of. My youngest daughter loves wet textiles. She has never gone in the pool in a bathing suit. She always goes in a full outfit. And I can rarely get her in clothes when she's in the house. But something about it, that's what she loves. It soothes her, it fills whatever. And I I hesitate to use the word void on a seven-year-old, but it makes her feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think as an adult, we look at it as a void, a lack of. Right. When really we could be saying, I'm whole, I'm complete, but I want some soothe. I think it's more about having the right to make yourself feel good. Totally. You have the right to make yourself feel good. With no stakes involved and no agenda. Exactly. Do you feel like sculpting with... Air clay and puzzles fill that void. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. More so than a lot of the things that I think are sort of mixed in with ego, like cooking for my family. Like I'm a decent cook and I'll definitely get in over my head and I'll be all over like the half-baked harvest website trying to figure out what recipe I should make. (laughs) And I'll usually botch it and be like, oh, I made up this part by myself when really it was from an accident. But in my head... I want that to be as fulfilling as my puzzling and it's just not as soothing for me. Yeah. 
but well, there's stakes, there's stakes and there's ego because I want them to like it. So I think it's really that like chipping away at the ego and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about this. It only matters what you think about it and your personal accomplishment to yourself in that mirror. That's, I think, at the crux of like what hobbying should be or what filling the void is. Thank you so much. I mean, Kristen, it's just you're just somebody I'm so grateful that I get to talk to you and also that I don't ever feel I don't feel self-conscious at all with anything I ever say to you or with you or ask you about I really don't like you're that's like the highest compliment someone could ever give me it's definitely one of my main goals when I wake up in the morning is to like make people feel safe and I don't always feel like I accomplish it because I'm impulsive and childlike a lot of times but when I can make someone feel like that, it like it makes me so, so happy. If you liked our show, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend. Filling the Void is a production of the Erios Network. Episodes are produced, engineered, and edited by Alex Paul. Original song by Michael Cassidy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.